Listener, before we start the show, uh, just want to again reiterate the fact that for the month of August, we need your help to get this show in front of more people. Because we know that you enjoy this, and it's time that we share it with a friend. So there's three things I need you to do. Number one, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Get an episode every single week for free in your favorite podcasting app. Number two, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Tell us what you love about this show, and more importantly, how can we make it better? Number three, share the show with a friend. Because we know that sharing is the ultimate internet currency, and it's important to spread the word. So... With that in mind, do those three things, get this show in front of more people, and it will mean the world to us. So without further ado, Jimmy, roll the thing. That kind of nerd, let's start the show with comics, movies, and technology. Here we go, bringing you the segments that you're looking for, like Cape Talk screen to stream, tech perspective, and more. Cast this nerd degree and the blockbuster. Welcome, everyone, to That Kind of Nerds podcast, a weekly show that tells you what is going on in the nerdy world. I am CJ Mellon, joined by the one and only Brian Thornton. Hello. As you know, last week, Josh was on a mission to go ahead and tear down the set of that Netflix original series that is drag racing, but with an obstacle course. Uh, but on his way to the Netflix headquarters, he actually ran into Jonathan from Queer Eye, and they're having a wonderful week together, so he will not be here today. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. He was there, and he's like, oh, I'm getting judged, and I'm getting my, my beard judged. trimmed. He's 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 getting a... You think Josh would do the, the little twirly mustache as Jonathan's going on right uh, will, now? My, my real question is, will Josh do a French tuck like Tan suggests? Oh, you know, I live and die by the French tuck now. I don't I'm think very it works much for everybody, and tuck. I don't think it works for every outfit. Tan's like, let's just French tuck. And if you don't understand this conversation and you're not watching Queer Eye on Netflix, first off, how dare you? Secondly, go watch it, please. My favorite's Anthony, just because I wish I could cook. Plus, he's he's a wonderful person. So, listeners, let's start off this episode with Brian's favorite topic, where we talk about the world of comics. See how it's affecting TV, see how it's affecting movies, but really, guys, this week, it's really affecting Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Cape Talk. Cape Talk! Titans Season 2 dropped yes! a trailer. Oh, yes. Now, Brian, I am hearing... Yes, CJ. I am, re- I, I am hearing things like Superboy, Deathstroke, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of new characters, like Aqualad as I well. I think I saw Flash, tell, like Kid Flash Tell me more. Explain this. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. While I watch it. It's a teaser, but it looks amazing. Oh, oh, you haven't even watched it yet. Way to prepare. I kind of forgot that this trailer. I prepared. I watched my shit. I forgot that this trailer existed. Do you want to give me a minute and then I watch it? I would love to give you a minute so we can discuss together. You're holding for trailers and we'll be right back. Through the magic of editing. Oh my gosh, we're done. So, talk to me. Oh, yeah. All right. So, CJ. I know you didn't see the first season of Titans. I did not. Not for any lack of desire, but for the fact that you are not in the elite club of DC well, subscribers. A little bit of desire. I know, because you're a dick. Anyway. But hold on, wait, wait. Let me let me say something to that. Watch it watching this trailer? Makes you want to watch the first season. I want to watch the show. The first so, the first couple of trailers did not sell the show to me. This the, that first season is extremely good, and Josh didn't do it any any favors by saying he got he got checked out after like episode two, but 
the show is the show that needs three or four episodes to establish some characters because you're working with an entire group of them to really get the ball rolling. This show got really freaking good, especially towards the end. But it also introduced um, some other characters outside the five Titans that are the main focus. You had Hawk and Dove. There was uh, an appearance from Donna Troy, who was one of the uh, one of the Wonder Girls. Um, the Doom Patrol obviously got a, a little backdoor pilot in this series. And it looks like in this season, they're going to just do even more of that. Yeah. The crazy thing about season one is they ended it on a cliffhanger. Which is pretty ballsy considering it was your first season. <laughs> right. Of a new streaming service that like first season no premiering a new streaming service, completely new show, and they're like, Yeah, you know what? This is gonna be good enough. We're gonna do we're gonna end it on a cliffhanger. So I've been waiting. Like I've been waiting for season two. I'm super excited. Um and if hopefully, you know, they'll they'll pick it up right from where they left off and kind of give me some insight into what happened at the end there. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but the the stuff that's happening is pretty intense. The big bad has finally kind of shown himself, and I have a feeling that that's going to be a theme throughout season two. But then, like, seeing this show and seeing, like, Superboy and, like, even, like, freaking Crypto. I was like, oh, my God, it's yeah. Crypto, the super like, dog. The super like, dog? Really? All right. Yeah. Yeah, Superman's got a dog called Crypto. Oh, I, I'm well aware. And um and then just that last scene of Deathstroke. Deathstroke has always been a huge uh major baddie for the, the Titans. Titans. Yes. And I am so excited to kind of see him square off against them and probably kick their ass the first couple of times. It should be really good. Anywho, your thoughts. Yeah, the first season to me really was advertised by their stupid line of fuck Batman, right? And it really seemed to just have that fuck this CW shit and fuck everything you know. This is fucking Titans. And you're just like, all right, like ease up on the the, the good red Mountain Dew and, and tell me and tell me your story. Uh, but it just seemed to be so hyped on that. I was like, I, I can't get into that. Now, you're not the only person to tell me that's not what the whole season's like. Just like deal with that little machismo for a little bit. But seeing this, I, I kind of now see a little bit more of the relationship between these people and the characters are, are doing some good work. Uh, I'm like some of the stars I've seen. Nice to see Jorah Mormont showing up playing. I, I think who is he playing? Alfred? He or? looks like he's playing Alfred. It looks like he's playing Alfred. I thought he was rumored to play like Batman it. of something or, or another, wasn't he? Whatever. Uh, I don't remember what the rumor was. Uh, no. But um, well, I'm pretty uh, sure he's playing Alfred. Color me in, in way more intrigued than I ever have been for this. Uh, and I will probably, uh, I will probably watch Titan season one, and then um, I'll start season two before you, uh, you know, get to some of your shows on your list. Oh well, that that probably makes sense. And I got news for you: when this drops, this takes priority over all uh, the other shows on my list. Of course it does. Uh, but I will say this, it CJ: uh, it is out on Blu-ray. If you're interested well, in, in in watching the first season, well, let me ask you this: there was a ton of characters teased in that in that trailer. Mm-hmm. Was there one that stood out to you? Who asked, really, we're going to see that on this show? I mean, it, it looked like they had a version of the Flash. It looked like they yeah. had a version of Wally, which I mean is great. Also, completely ruins any chance of them Berlantiverse crossing over with Berlantiverse. Well, at that, all. I don't think it does because we've obviously established Elseworlds and other dimensions and shit. Clearly, clearly, like we in the Berlantiverse, we've established multiple dimensions and stuff well, like that. Well, because they went but out like, of their way to make sure Supergirl was not in the same universe as the Flash and Arrow. Yeah, the only reason they did that, though, is because it premiered on CBS. 
And then it came over to CW anyway. Like this premiered maybe on a on a streaming service. Like I, I would not put this out of the realm of impossible. It would just be a little more convoluted in order to do so. Yeah. But yeah, I know. But listen, with the amount of stuff and the amount of people that they're bringing in for uh, uh, the the new DC uh, crossover event, which is like anyone who's ever been loosely associated with DC, even voice actors, uh, you know. Don't you besmirch that news. I would That's never, amazing news. I would never dare rob Kevin Conroy. That is amazing news that Kevin Conroy is going to be in this crossover. Yes. Yes. I don't mean to take away from that at all. He's going to be like, you know what would be even cooler? Oh, my God. If he's going to play he is gonna play older. older. He is. But if they had Terry McGinnis oh, yes. with him. Yes. If we had I would lose my fracking mind. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it happens. Who knows? If it happens. If it happens, I'll probably hear you from your home going squeeze. Fill in, fill in the blank. Like, yep. oh my gosh, yep. the things I will do and say. <laughs> Let us now turn our attention to the world of TV and movies in a segment that we call "Screen to Stream." Uh, listen, this is a this is some streaming news. Okay, uh, as we sure. know, Disney it's Screen Plus, to Stream. I would hope so. I, I agree. Disney Plus uh, was announced uh, earlier this year. Disney is saying, hey, we're going to take on Netflix. The pricing's really aggressive. Uh, you know, like $7 a month for, for all of Disney, you know, plus stuff. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. But yeah. Disney being the conglomerate monopoly thing that they are, uh, they decided that they have announced a bundle of Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for just $12.99. That's less than Netflix. And you're getting three streaming services. This is a big middle finger to Netflix, I'll tell you that. It's a big middle finger to a lot of streaming and streaming hopefuls. Yeah. Um, more importantly, like, listen, listen, listeners. Listen. You all know how intensely into sports I am. Sports! I, I gotta have them. I gotta watch the newest um, flying bird of some or, or the Pink Manning, Manning show where he goes around and, and, you know, does state farm ads in people's homes. I, I really enjoy that, that show where he signs up people for the, the nationwide. Um, is he state? Oh, he is nationwide. It's nationwide. Oh, my apologies. Chicken parm. You taste so good. Oh, that's right. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, I, I and you know, like this, this, a price like this, $13, for all the Disney content, for all the Hulu content, original Hulu stuff, plus you know the new episodes of things as they as they air, and ESPN, like this this is a no brainer. Even even if you're not like me and you don't want any of the sports at all, it's worth it just for Disney and Hulu. Yeah, it's, it's a really good value. The thing I the caveat the monkey wrench I'll throw into this is that the Hulu that's being offered for this is ad supported, so it's not the ad free Hulu. Which I think is the far superior of all the Hulus. Yes, yes. Obviously, I want I want no ads, but I'll throw this back at you. Throw it if they if they release a second tier with ad adless Hulu for twenty bucks. Oh yeah, or even if it's just for like for like four dollars more. Like go ahead and and even go if pay it was twenty, ads. I'd pay twenty. Yeah. for adless Hulu, Disney Plus, and 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 ESPN bundle. But oh, yeah. just, it's still a great value. Oh no, it's it, listen, like there's no there's no doubt that this is something I'm I'm looking at and going, ah probably gonna pay for this. Uh, I'm curious how it'll work for us Hulu subscribers already, how we can just kinda you know how you can you can just add on things with Showtime? I wonder if they're gonna right. do that. I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. 
I wonder if you'll be able to just do that, be like, not change anything about my, your Hulu subscription, just add on the Disney Plus. You know, I you know, like I, I'm not sure. I mean, if you just look at just I mean, seriously, just talking about the value of this, the Hulu with ads is about six dollars a month. Right. And mm-hmm. ESPN plus costs five dollars a month. That's I mean, 11 right there. That's 11 right there. So like, OK, sit through a few ads, but get all of Disney for the dollar. Like it's yeah. it's really and with HBO Max being rooming around 16 or 17 dollars a month. That's that's I mean, again, this is a more compelling argument to say come over here because I honestly believe that Disney is going to make Hulu a little more HBO esque, where they're going to put some of the the riskier rated R ish or more uh, adult content on, Man, on Hulu. That that theory sounds so familiar. Right, you said that very where, much. Where have I hey, heard that? But do you know what's not going to be on Hulu? There, Brian, you're not going to get your Daredevil and your Jessica Jones and your Punisher on on the Hulus. Uh, that's okay. It's on all right. You know what? In, du- in, in due time, I will be proven right as per you. And we don't know what Apple is going to cost, but I'll just say this from a core crunch perspective: this is really great for three services. And I mean, like, if you had to, like, at this point, if you're going, oh well, I'll just I won't pay for one, like, or if I had to cut something from my my cord cutting package. You're you're cutting something that isn't one of these three, so it, it's a yeah. super aggressive. Apple do, Apple doesn't have the IP to draw anybody in at this point, uh, honestly. And it, it's all Disney, and Netflix has got some really strong IPs too. And and just because they were first, and you've had your Netflix account for ten years now, I doubt a lot of people are going to just start hitting the cancel button on that. I think HBO Max and and, and Apple are in trouble. I, yeah, I think they're going to be they're going to have a real failure to launch. The thing that they're trying to say, right, that Bob Iger said on a on an earnings call, was that Disney's expecting to get about twenty percent of what Netflix is right now in their first year of Disney Plus subscribers. They want to grow Disney Plus aggressively, and putting this in a bundle of twelve ninety nine, ah, you've you've done it. Yeah, I believe I believe that wholeheartedly. Leave it on to the next topic. The reason all of this is is being so aggressive, and while Disney Plus is it needs to work out for Disney, is because they just had an earnings call and things didn't go well for Disney this this quarter, and that's because they all blamed it on Fox and X Men the Dark Phoenix. I don't think they need to blame. No, it but on they Fox. did though. But I, they I, I, did, Brian. I don't know. No, no. I think I think it's obviously it's obvious it's because of Fox. Right. It's obvious because they shelled out a ton of money to get these IPs that they haven't done anything with yet. Right. And the things that they have done with it, which is pretty much just release shit that was already in the can, like X Men Dark Phoenix, took huge losses. Yeah. To the tune of a couple hundred million dollars. So I'm not surprised. It makes sense that Fox would be the reason. Now, if they get some shit started real quick, their Q1 and Q2 earnings next year probably go through the roof. But you're talking about in a quarter where they released the biggest grossing movie of all time. Right. So and they still suffered a loss. Fox definitely had something to do with that. So here again, we're not stock experts or market analysts or anything Speak like that for yourself on the earnings call though i agree i'm sorry i'm saying the earnings call just hold on there, there's good stuff coming ahead i promise you bob Iger said hey don't expect your disney stock next year to be as good as disney stock this year because we don't have enough for disney plus because the out of the 20 what 24 22 three marvel movies like only 17 of them are coming to disney plus because the other rights for other movies are still with other people like epics and, and with other providers mm-hmm. and HBO, so like they're not going to have all of it right away. But here's yeah, the thing well, that they did say: uh, because they have some of these Fox properties, 
Uh, it's going to give them, quote, the ability to reimagine such beloved franchises as, and he name dropped these, Home Alone, Night at the Museum, Cheaper by the Dozen, and a live-action diary of a wimpy kid. To which everyone said, please, don't, don't, don't reboot Home Alone. Don't do Those that. Those are the franchises he picked? First and foremost. Those are the ones he picked. First and foremost, Home Alone is, is fine for a reboot. Did you? It is not. It is not sacred in any way. I agree. Did you see the picture that Macaulay Culkin posted as to what a modern uh, Home Alone would look like today? Because it was hilarious. It's him just sitting there, the shirt kind of open a little bit, and just sitting there vegging, playing on the computer. I did not. Do I care? No one. No one needs to see this. This is. This is no. No. I do appreciate the N64 controller at his foot, but no, I'm good. So uh, listen, you're right. He he mentioned a, a couple a couple things. I I agree. Home Alone isn't sacred. Uh, there were other attempts at it before. Uh, there was a straight to DVD and straight to Disney Channel attempts, which I'm told were actually enjoyable. So uh, all right, cheaper by the dozen. Believing nobody holds that in high regard. Or, can you imagine? You know what jumped out at me? Can you imagine a Disney remake of Night at the Re- Museum? That'd be great. That would be great, right? That's awesome. I, obviously, I'll miss it a little bit without Robin Williams, but like, I'd be good for a series for that. That's the other part. Yeah. Like when when he was talking about these reimaginings of Home Alone and Cheaper by the Dozen and all that stuff. It, it, I mean, think Disney Plus as a series. Don't think of it as a movie. And I think that kind of lends itself to that. I think it'd be fine for. I'm that. not so sure. Home Alone does cheaper by the dozen and night at the museum. Definitely, definitely do. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not so sure. Home Alone does. How many times can you leave your kid home alone? Yeah, and for a, how long? Be a latchkey. Is kid. it going to be like 24? Do you live with <laughs> Kevin McAllister for like hour by hour? That would oh, be interesting. Gosh, ladies and gentlemen, hire Brian Thornton. Just like every episode, you have the yeah, right, right, like the, yeah. the, the clock, the yeah, right, like the but it's yeah, but it's but it's an Alexa reading out you the the time. Oh yeah, yeah. The time is twelve o'clock. Uh, so that'd be interesting. Uh, look, I'm okay, and, and then you'd have an entire episode of him just preparing his Lego death trap. Right, like, nothing would happen that episode. He would just be laying down Legos. So besides talking about these reimaginings, they really just said, "Hey, listen, we are scrapping uh, pretty much everything that was in Fox's pipeline that isn't ready for being there. Like, we're, like we are done. Uh, we're also ready for some other movies to not do well." Like he was kind of uh, talking about the marketing costs of Ford versus Ferrari, just saying like, "Hey, oh, like really? this is a high budget movie," and I honestly that, was, that movie was never going to make its money, back. right? But it's like I honestly don't see it making any money. So like, thanks a lot, Fox. And I think I think it'll make money, but it, it's never going to make its money back, unfortunately, because the movie itself looks great. So here were the, fr- but it's not what brings people into theaters. Yes, here was the two franchises. There was two franchises. In the movie realm that Bob Iger singled out as Disney is going to continue these movies. Okay? They're basically why they bought Fox for some reasons. All that and the X-Men characters. Right, yes. James Cameron Avatar, which, again, yeah, they built a whole freaking world on it, right? And then, uh, you know, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I thought we were done with Planet of the Apes. Did we not end? Did you Did you actually watch War no, of the I didn't. Planet of the Apes? But well, did, then did you we obviously don't know anything. You know nothing, it's, John Did Stone. we end it? No. 
because no new film has we been announced ended, since the end of 2017. We ended a story in the Planet of the Apes universe. We did not end it. That 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 movie is still, even though it has a lot of really cool things that call back to the original Charlton Heston movie, we're not like at there yet. There's still a lot of story that can be told. And I'm okay with that. I love those new Planet of the Apes movies. And I love the original Planet of the Apes movies. And I hate Avatar, so fuck that. They also said that they're going to, this is great, they're going to install somebody within Fox that is responsible for quality and content. (laughs) Sorry, quality and content moderation. They're going to make sure that it's quote-unquote like good enough before they greenlight it or produce it or even release it. Someone's going to sit there and look at everything they're doing and be like, oh, hi, real quick. You just mentioned that is drag racing, but you are street racing, but you're putting obstacle courses on there. I'm sorry. People don't do that. So, no, I'm not going to let you make it. It's someone's job to go into Fox and be like, I know you probably do this as a collective, but has anyone ever asked you, should you make this? Because you shouldn't. So someone's going to be the, the Ian Malcolm. Yes. You you were so worried about whether or not you, you could. You, you didn't bother to ask if you, you should. should. Right. Absolutely. I got you. My only hope is uh, that Disney kind of lets Fox just do a little bit of the, the weird stuff. Some of the originals, some of the stuff that isn't a franchise, some of the stuff that's just one-off stories and just let them I'm do what they sh- I'm do. sure they'll they'll let some weird and experimental shit go out there. But well, still what, they won't, go. what they won't let happen is if if a movie has the name Alien on it, they're going to make sure this this has got to be up to snuff because the past three Alien movies have sucked ass. Or, like, yeah, that's the kind of shit they're looking. Well, that's at. true. Like, they they also blame Alien vs Predator for some bad performances. Yeah, well, Alien Covenant was better than Prometheus, but disappointing. Prometheus was garbage. Both Alien vs Predator movies were laughable, but the first one was least enjoyable. Um, the last Predator movie was garbage. Predators was okay, but no one ever saw it. Like that, I think that's the point. I think they're still gonna let you know. Let's let Fox do all of our you know fringe stuff. If it's a new idea, sure, we we'll let it happen. But if it's something like that, that's an established brand that Disney is now going to be releasing that is expected to bring in a certain crowd and make a ton of money. Yeah, I'd want quality assurance on that too, because Fox <laughs> clearly doesn't know what the fuck it's doing. The the other thing that they listen, the other thing that people made a mountain out of a molehill for, just, I just want to say, stop overreacting. Was they were like, well, what about Deadpool? And he's like, like we're evaluating Deadpool right Deadpool? now. It's like we're evaluating the the rating. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're not going to put the Mickey Mouse tow, you know, towers in front of Deadpool. Like we get that. Thank you. It's fine. And yeah. and I know you were maybe trying to do a little test with this PG-13 re-release in December, but like. Ease up, people. People are like, oh, no, Deadpool is going to be PG-13. I'm like, they didn't. They did not say that. Calm your shit and just let it happen. Let's see what happens, okay? Just ease up. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, listen, we already talked a little bit about some nostalgia with some of those topics, so I figured I'd just uh, head first into some of my nostalgia. Uh, there was a, a – they, they call it a trailer. Guys, this is a teaser. It's like 15 seconds. It's a TV spot. Yeah. Of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, the reboot coming at 2019 on Nickelodeon. If you were not a fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark, maybe you just didn't watch it or didn't catch catch your you know didn't, didn't catch your imagination. If you liked Goosebumps, you'll like this. 
It starts off with a bunch of kids standing by a campfire, and I submit this story to the uh, the Midnight Society. They throw some stuff in a fire, big sparks. You tell a story, boom, you get this like little mini horror story that that shows up on your screen. But it's Nickelodeon, so like it's scary, but like you can go to bed afterwards. You won't have nightmares. I am excited for this. I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark. I realize I'm probably the only one of us right now talking about this that actually cares. Yeah, I didn't watch this, bro. Oh, of course you don't. See, my wife never had Nickelodeon. I- I had Nickelodeon. I just didn't watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? My wife did not. My wife! Thank you. Did not have Nickelodeon growing up. So when I try to talk to her about the Rugrats or Hey Arnold or Rocco's Modern Life or Are You Afraid of the Dark or Salute Your Shorts, she's like, I don't know what any of that is. See, I watched all. Like, I remember watching an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark. As a kid, I was never big into volunteering to be scared. But as an adult, you are now. As an adult, I've gotten way more into horror, but as a kid, I was not that way. So, so I don't have any nostalgic. My point is, I don't, don't have any nostalgic, nostalgic feels for this. And now I'm an ad- I'm an adult. I can watch adult horror shit. But I'm still. I, I mean, I still think there's some value to this. I don't think it's soulless. No, or I, 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 I'm not saying it's garbage by any means. I'm just saying I don't have the attachment to it that you do. I want to. I want to tell you something, listener. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you. Gonna give you an idea of a of a show, and then I I may hurt your feelings a little bit. In the world of Jason Bourne, there was a project called Treadstone. People were given abilities and training and unaware of the fact that they had this training until one day they are activated. And now they become elite secret agents with incredible skills. Sounds pretty good, right? We saw those Bourne movies. They were pretty awesome. How would you like to see that as a limited TV series? Sounds pretty awesome, you say. What network is it going to be on, you say? And then I have the pleasure of telling you it's going to be on USA. You know, Derringer's welcome. I have mixed feelings about this show because it's on USA. Like, USA... Here's the thing. I really like the concept of this show. Me too. I really like Jason Bourne. I know Mark Bernardin, who was on Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith, was in the writer's room for this show, which makes me think... There's something to this. He also wrote for, um, what is the Stephen King show on Hulu? Castle Rock? Yes, Castle Rock. Thank you. Thank you. Castle Rock. And the Glavin. He also was in the writer's room for Castle Rock, which is also a very good show. My point is, I have really high hopes for this show, this concept. We always knew there was, there was more agents. There was a bigger conspiracy as per Born Ultimatum and Born Legacy, right. I've always enjoyed this series. And I don't think USA is a crap network. I just think USA is the forgotten network. I think USA does a lot of really good shows. Yes. Like, I hear Suits is amazing. I like Suits. You, you know who hasn't actually watched Suits? 90% of America. of America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you went lower. I know the real fan base for Suits. It's, it's low. like, I, I hear Suits is fantastic. Well, the same thing with like Burn Notice and the same thing with Covert Affairs, Psych. Burn Notice. I've watched the whole first season of Burn Notice and Covert Affairs and then completely forgotten about them. Like, that's the thing. Besides Suits, I can't, and, and I am a big fan of Suits. I like Suits, but. I don't know the other shows that were on the network during that time. I watched one show that I happened to like, and then I was gone. I wasn't watching the rest of it, except for some. I think it has something. I mean, their their model is a little bit genius, but I think it also hurts them at the same time because a lot of their shows air when the major networks are 
off their season. Right, yes. Like during holiday break, during the summer, that's when USA airs their stuff, which is great because, you know, you you diminished your competition by like 80%. Royal Pains, great show. Sorry, I'm just thinking Royal of the USA Pains shows. Royal Pains was now. on USA. No, very you're right. You're very right. good like, show. You, here's the thing. You keep thinking, you keep thinking of shows that were really good. Yes. But they're always like, they're just kind of forgettable sometimes. Yes. And I don't know if that's USA's fault. I don't know if that's those shows themselves fault, right. but like they're always good. They're always successful. They always last for several seasons. And then like we're sitting here struggling, trying to think of more than five USA shows. It's crazy. And that's what I'm worried about for this show. I think it could be a really great show. I was expecting like an Amazon original or something like that. And if that were the case, sign me the fuck up. Yeah. This would I feel been- like, I feel like it being on cable is also going to kind of, tone it down in ways that I I wouldn't want it toned down mainly in like the violence factor like I don't need to see like heads exploding but there's not going to be as much of it well I mean there really wasn't a ton in the born stuff it was a lot of just close action combat and then a nice yeah it's close action combat it's, it's a spy thriller absolutely but yeah I don't I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I I definitely want to give it a shot. But here's the thing: like it's going to air on USA. I have no idea when that is, and I'm probably going to forget. It's in October. I mean, it's in October during USA. And just like you said, yeah, that's that's the slow it. months for everybody else. It's it's also a mini series. Like it's a limited engagement event. I don't know how many episodes are there going to be. The thing about it is, there is a reason that the major networks don't air during these times. It's because people are not sitting around watching television or sitting you know waiting to see what is on their dvr like we're talking october where holiday season starts ramping up you're talking about you know uh thanksgiving and christmas and then we're talking about the summer where obviously people are going out and going to the beach and the pool and not staying inside watching tv there's a reason they do that and that's why a lot of these shows kind of get lost in the sauce and forgotten for for a bit so I, I don't know. I've, I, I, I don't know. A little research while we're doing so. So real time follow up. It is a ten episode series. Just 10. right, but it, it it could be picked up for a second. Oh yeah, sure. but what, what I'm saying is this is not something that's there to fill a full slot. Like it is. It is legit going to air between the months of October to middle of January, and then be done. And then if people liked it, they'll bring it back for a full order. Right. Next season, next year. So but, o- October 2019, know. we'll have 10 episodes of this. I, I like the Bourne world. I like it a lot. I was hoping that we would get more after, you know, Jeremy Renner's run for it. But uh, OK, like, I'll be interested in Dreadstone. We did. We got one more. I know, but. I, I enjoyed the Jason. It, I, I enjoyed Jason Bourne. Yeah, it, I enjoy all the Bourne. It, it was fine. I even enjoy the Bourne legacy. It was definitely fine. I, I just wanted more. And like I like the the story that wasn't Jason Bourne. I thought they had something there, so interesting. This next topic is, a, is kind of a, a longer conversation and a little bit of uh, the world of movies. Uh, I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I understand Brian hasn't. That's fine. But something that I, I thought I had during the movie. One of the things that I was wrestling with my rating for this movie. If if you like look at my Instagram or anything like that was it's long there. You could have cut 30 minutes out of this movie and I would have been happier or I would have just been, I would have just been more uh, entertained while I'm in the theater. Uh, just thinking, Jesus, this is, this is, this is really long. 
And then we look at, uh, you know, a movie like Endgame with a three hour runtime uh, and people having to, to strategically think about when they're going to pee or not peeing at all. Uh, so I found a uh, an article online, actually written by uh, a, a friend that I've, I've been on his podcast, Will Ashton, uh, and he said, "Hey Hollywood, I think maybe we should bring back the intermission on longer movies." And I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a thought," because the last time I ever saw a movie that had an intermission was Lord of the Rings: Two Towers. You're you're showing Lord of the Rings: Two Towers had an intermission. It had an intermission. Mine did not. And I remember that was a long-ass movie, and I got to mm-hmm. refresh my popcorn, refresh my soda, and, uh, you know, chat with some friends about uh, what was going on, and then we went back into the show. But that was, like, in high school, and it was, like, a one-off experience. So I'm curious to get your perspective on this, Brian, because I also have feelings from a different part of my life. I saw a 70-millimeter uh, projection screening of The Hateful Eight. Yes. When it first released, and that had an intermission, and that was also longer than the normal theatrical release, was it not? It was. It was. It was also. I forget. It was like an extra what twenty minutes longer, fifteen uh, minutes longer, another, or something like that. It was twenty minutes. So, yeah, it was longer. Like, I don't know, because here's the thing: you had intermissions during movies back in the days because the, the movies were like an event. You planned it out. You got not. Like, you got dressed up and, like, you went to the movies and it was going to be, like, several hours of your life. And since then, we have not made movies that important anymore. And now in the days of streaming and VOD and digital and I can pull up a movie on my phone wherever I am, they're not that as special as they used to be. I wish they were. I love movies. So my point is this, like... Would add, I, I believe adding intermission, even for longer movies, even if it's a 20, 15, 20 minute intermission, you add that onto a movie like Endgame. Now we're talking almost four hours that you're spending. That's legitimately like a third of the time that you're awake, that you're going to be at a movie theater. Right. And I think that would actually hurt the movie industry even more than the movie, the, the theater industry is hurting as it is. Um, I mean, the movie industry isn't really hurting, but the theater industry is. I don't think this would be helpful in any way, with the exception of the the five people who think it would be fine because they need to go pee or refresh their popcorn. I, I don't I'm, I'm not on board with it. The intermission I experienced at Hateful Eight didn't do anything for me except, oh, it's like an old timey movie. That That was it. The other thing I, uh, I I feel about this is uh, something that the theater that you and I used to frequent very, very often, uh, the AMC, they had a mobile concession stand uh, for like a brief period of time. Yeah, they, they came, used to leave it at like the front of the theater. They used it at the front of the theater like 20 minutes before the movie started. Uh, just like, hey, do you want the gummy worms? Do you want Sour Patch Kids? Like, do you want some of the, the snacks that maybe like you didn't get when you were in line? But now that you're in here, you know. I know you. I know you saw someone else was out. You don't want to go out and wait online again, right? Uh, to to you know, they had something there, and then I'm looking at a movie like it, Chapter Two, which announced that it has going to have a two hour forty five minute runtime. Yes, I'm excited for that. That is a lot of movie, and now I'm good I, with it. I will argue you with bring it. I will argue with, you with one point with you. I'll disagree with one point. You said uh, back in the day, movies, big event, you used to plan your whole day around it, right? And, uh, you know, then you would go out to the movies. And absolutely, you know, when there was no air conditioning in the world and the movies had air conditioning, you planned, right? It was a it's a big to-do. But when you're looking at 
Avengers Endgame, when you're looking at, you know, in chapter two, when I was looking at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, I had to plan my day. I had to plan what I was doing before and after that accordingly. And not just because I have kids, but because, just like you said, it's a pretty big chunk of time. So I got to say, mm-hmm. okay, do, are we going to dinner before? Well, Wait, hold on. Are we going to dinner before or are we going to dinner after? Uh, well, you know, we, it's like 4 o'clock when the movie starts, so we would have to eat lunch around like 3. I don't want to eat lunch at, dinner or lunch at 3 because then I'm late. It would have been nice if I had 20 minutes in there, go to the movie theater, buy some kind of food, help the movie theater by buying something, right, and help the actual theater with a high-margin item. And, yeah, maybe I, I put 20 minutes – you know, extra onto my runtime, but dinner is now smack in the middle where it should be for me. I I don't think on mass you think like that. I don't think on mass anybody would do that. I think people would use the intermission to pee, refresh their popcorn and stuff like that because you don't eat real. Like here's the thing. Like I think having an intermission and just saying to, to for you to look at a movie theater time and say the show starts at seven. With intermission, I'm not getting out until 11, 11.30. That's going to seriously affect my decision of even going to the movie to begin with. I think it keeps more people away. So even if you have that five or six people who buy that food, that high margin item, I have turned already like twice that many people away from even buying a ticket because I just added more of a runtime to the movie than was initially in there. The thing I'm I'm thinking of is is two things. I want to make sure we're on the, the same page with this too. I'm talking about adding intermission just to the long movies. I get that. Okay, cool. And I'm talking. I like. I'm talking about. I, and I'm talking about the same good, thing. Like a if the movie minute, starts at seven, right? And it's a three hour movie. It's going to end at ten o'clock as it is. Sure. After trailers, you're already talking about leaving the theater at ten thirty. Add another intermission on that. It's going to be almost eleven if it's a slightly longer movie like Avengers. Right. Eleven thirty. But That's he, a but long here's the ass other, time. Here's the other thing I could say, and this is where I'm coming from my other world, my other experience, uh, place, and theatrical performances that are live have an intermission built into them. If part of your brain goes, well, obviously, part of that is to give them the actors a chance to rest or them to do some set changes. Uh, so that's why those things are built into there. Uh, no. Uh, actors don't need a break when they're performing a play. It's nice, but like we can go on with, we'll be fine. And set changes again; those normally happen while the show is going on, and people have gotten really clever with them. So, no, we have intermissions within theatrical performances because we want to tell a story longer than a movie can, right? And you need a break so that way you can pee, you can go get a drink, and you can actually go ahead and you know get a little more uh, relaxed before the second half of this comes and you can build it. I mean, plays are designed to have an intermission right before or right after like the climax is about to happen. So it's, I don't think it would even disrupt the flow in which you're telling the story. And yes, you're absolutely right, Brian. A few people will be turned off from going to a long movie, but I gotta be honest. You look at a three hour runtime right now at adventures. And if you're not a Marvel person or you look at the runtime of it in two forty five. If you weren't, I mean, if you look at that and you're dissuaded by the runtime, there's no helping you for that. There, there was nothing that was going to make things a little bit better for I've you. I've got 2.87 billion reasons to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> now, again, Avengers Endgame. No, 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 Avengers no, 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 because no, we're using this as the mold because it is a very but, okay, long so movie. Before you say. And the fact. No, no, no. no. Before you, hold on. Before you throw Avengers money at me, which, again, huge one. 
please, we can't use that. Look at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. One of Quentin Tarantino's very successful, maybe most successful movies ever It's actually put out. his most successful movie. It, it, okay, great. It's most successful opening weekend. Fantastic. Uh-huh. And most of those people, honestly, most of those people were not Quentin Tarantino fans that saw that movie on the opening weekend. They were yeah, drawn. They were Leonardo DiCaprio fans. Absolutely. Fine. Do you think those people, and again, I know you didn't see the movie. Do you think they Fine. would have gone if there was a 20 minute, 20 minute, 10 minute, what do you, what, I pick the number, 15, we'll split the difference. 15 minute intermission. If we added 15 minutes to that movie, which would take it towards endgame time. You think we would have lost as much sales and would have Tarantino lost his most successful movie? Hang on. Your your question is confusing me. So you're asking me if I added the, the, 15 the minutes who, to the runtime of 15 minutes would I, I still think that movie would have been as successful as it was. OK, here's here's can the I, deal. Dude. Can I come right back? I have to do something real quick. Fine. Just interrupt my thought. Are you literally going to take an intermission on our podcast? Because that's bullshit. Trying to prove a point by doing an intermission in the middle of our segment. Carry on. No, and and I, I don't think it would have affected it at all. Here's the thing. It takes a lot for anybody to go to the theater anymore. In today, I, I don't think you're thinking of the landscape as a whole right now. We talked about this a little bit. We were talking about the Irishman. Why the hell would I invest so much time and possibly extra money to go see a movie because of these big three actors when I can stream it at home? And that's what you have to think take into, into account is – if I'm going to a theater, period, it's because I want to see it. I, I need to see it in the theater for some reason. Whoever didn't, whoever is seeing Once Upon a Time in Mexico because of any other reason besides it's a Quentin Tarantino movie would still go see it regardless of the runtime. Right. How they feel about it when they leave the theater might vary, but they're still going to go see it. My point is those people who are on the fence about seeing a movie like Avengers for the second or third time, which let's face it, that's why it made that much money. Right. Yes. Or seeing, or even seeing a movie like once upon a time in Hollywood. I gotta be honest with you. I love Quentin Tarantino. The reason I haven't seen it yet is because of how long it is and adding more time to it does not help the scenario. You are going to lose more people than you would gain in, any extra concession sales that you might get during that 15, 20 minutes, it doesn't make like the experience any better. If you don't have to pee during that during that intermission, you're just sitting there and be like, oh, I just I want to finish the movie. Movies are not like plays. Think about the last time you went to see a Broadway play. Mm-hmm. You spent the entire day doing it. It wasn't well, it was, just we're going to go see. It was also I get an eight hour never like like seriously, like, right. the play was eight hours. Right. But, but but my point four. is like sorry four you you block four out hours. your entire afternoon or evening or whatever the case may be sure. you make a whole thing of it it's still a big to do because it's 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 a play it's Broadway right you're not going to see some high school production you're going to see a legitimate professionally put on play but even movies but movies come around that you get three to four movie releases every week mm-hmm. and hundreds and hundreds every year. The landscape is just there's so much content out there. Why why would I waste an entire chunk of my day to to go see a movie that could possibly be four to four and a half hours, depending on the length and trailers and intermissions and all this other stuff that plus travel time to get to said theater if you don't live close close by to one. 
why would I do all that when I got all this content at my fingertips? And if I wait four to six months, it's going to be on Blu-ray. That's what the average person is thinking. And, and, And let's face it. Movie theaters don't make money because of huge, giant movie nerds like you and I. Right. They make money off of the average Joe yes. who is, hey, you know what? We have the afternoon free. What do you want to do? Let's go see a movie. That's what they're making money off of. And those are the people you're going to turn away by adding runtime to it. My, my, the only other thing I can think of, the thing that I think we both do not want to happen, right, is a movie that deserves the long time to tell the story, Right. Mm-hmm. Just going to say, hey, listen, man, nowadays people are overloaded with content. It's at their fingertips. Going to the movies, it's a chore already as it is. You're giving me a runtime of 2.45? Piss off, right? Get get out of here. It's not happening. If Kevin Smith decided that he wanted Jay and Silent Bob reboot to be 2.45, no studio in the world would, would say yes to that, right? I'll fund that. No problem. You will, but like, I know you will, but no studio is going to give him money. Saban is not going to give him a budget, right? They're going to say, cut some pages, let it go. Do you think, though, that if these lawn movies or movies that are out there that should be lawn, right, are being told you're too lawn, would you rather have a movie that is now truncated to 90 minutes or have the intermission? I'm making you choose something that's terrible no matter what. But of those two, if a studio says either cut Cut the time and cut your story or, hey, you got to put an intermission on it. Which one would you, Brian Thornton, not the average moviegoer. I want to hear those people from our listeners later. What would you pick out of those two scenarios? I I honestly think that a lot of movies can get what they need to get done in an hour 40. An hour forty to two hours. So would you rather? So let's let's take Endgame then. Now now okay go. I so knew you, I knew Endgame. I was going to say that, and I knew you were going what, to fucking throw Endgame. What, out what are you going to do? Do would you like a three hour that's, Endgame? That's a but that's a different end, animal. I know. Would you? I know. It is a different Listen, animal. I'm making a Sophie's choice. I understand. Yo, you no, you're not making have, a Sophie's choice. You're making a completely ridiculous. Would you rather choice have a ninety minute, based on what you know about me personally? Would you rather have a ninety. You minute, know the answer to this question, Endgame or intermission? with your three-hour endgame i'll take the fucking intermission go screw yourself <laughs> i understand where you're coming from right i you're really a dick. do i really but i i was i was having my experience of once upon a time in hollywood going i have to pee i ran out of soda i could really use a refresh of popcorn but here's the why thing. are they in italy i don't understand this this your, is too long your exact words were you could have shaved off 20 minutes and the movie would have been good that's the problem. There are oh, certain yes, yes, yes. movies. I, I, there are certain movies, Endgame being one of them, that require that three-hour runtime. I, I agree. There with are you. certain yes. movies that need that time to tell the story, and I will gladly give it to them. My point. My is that point. Most movies who are pushing for that two and a half, two forty-five, three hours runtime, sometimes a lot of them can get what they need to get done in two. That's the right. thing. I, I agree. And like too, the, the problem is too many studios are, 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 are giving a little bit too much freedom to, you know, instead of kind of saying mm, you do need to hamstring. Like some of these people need to be told no. Because right. as a creator, CJ, you can attest to having too much freedom ultimately being a bad thing. Right. And you need that outside perspective to say you've got too much here. 
lose it. I think that all of our problems are solved in this scenario if people would just tell, figure out how to tell the same story with 20 minutes less time. I love Quentin Tarantino. The overarching criticism of this movie is that it is too long. That's, but that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that, that's what happens when you give Quentin Tarantino, here's a bunch of money, go do whatever you want to do. And he just does. And no one is there to say, eh, no, no, you can't do that. So listeners, that's the problem. Listeners, we, we obviously have some, some feelings about this. So I'd like, <sighs> to, I'd like to turn it to you and I'd like to get your perspective on, on this topic here and just kind of hear what you're thinking based on, on what we're saying. So. Uh, find us on social uh, at that kind of nerd at that kind of nerd podcast on Instagram uh, and tell us what you think about adding an intermission to movies that are uh, of a lengthy, uh, lengthy runtime. Uh, before we get into the next topic, uh, Jimmy, will you do that thing, please? That's always good. Before we get into the next topic, uh, we just want to say that your support of the show is what keeps us going every single week. And if you want to support the show and get exclusive content, Become a member of our Patreon. Benefits start at just $5, and it will earn you a, sh- a shout-out on this show. Uh, we got some great stuff coming down the pike for you soon. So go to patreon.com slash nerd. Join up and get yourself exclusive content. All right, Jimmy, on to the next topic. Since we talked about uh, a lot of content being available to customers... Uh, and how much of it there is and how much time people are devoting to this. I think right now what we need to do is uh, put on our jungle attire, grab a machete, because we, Brian, you and I, need to go exploring the Amazon. The reason I bring this up is that Amazon's Lord of the Rings series, right? They have a, a season coming out, too. Apparently going to have a, quote, huge episode count. Yeah, and how many? Well, hold on. Now, hold on. Hold your horses. Just pull the bandaid off, man. So the first season is going to have 20 episodes. Now, Brian. Yes. Before you school me, let me let me just explain why this is a like why is this a news item? Netflix has made the standard for a while now 13 episodes with a season. Maybe even cutting back to 8 or 10. Uh 20 sounds more like a network run and a it network season does. than it does a streaming season. It this does. isn't solid. This isn't done yet. They still aren't filming. They need to decide how many episodes they want to do and how the story ends before they start making it. But what do you think of a streaming service like Amazon doing 20 episodes of a season of, of Lord of the Rings? I feel fine. You'd be I down mean, for that? You Are you telling me are you're going to... Are they 20 hour long? Are they 20 hour 20 long? Hour, uh, from what we can tell again, blah, 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 blah. Yes, 20, okay. 20 hour long. 20 hours. I mean, I watch, I watch, uh, listen, okay, first and foremost, my list, forget about my list aside. Uh, I've watched 20, 23 hour long, 45 minute long episodes, you know, for network television. I don't see any, any problem with the episode count. I'm thinking more from a producing standpoint of, hey, listen, like, we know we're going to get people to watch this show. Why don't we cut this in half and do two 10 episode seasons and drag this out a little bit longer? Like, I, I don't know why they wouldn't do that because let's be real. It, it's, it's four books and some ancillary material. That's not really fleshed out. How many seasons, if they keep doing 20 episode seasons, do you really think you're going to get out of that? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I- even if you include everything in the books, 
it sounds like 20 episodes 20 seasons is at least fellowship that's like that's at least one book you just say 20 seasons 20 episodes okay good if i said 20 seasons i misspoke that's okay but but that 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 seems like it's fellowship you know right so i'm thinking from for long term like hey i want to get i want to get six or seven seasons out of this why don't i do 10 episode seasons each book is cut in half or maybe thirds and i could probably get seven to ten seasons do you know what you could do i mean to really maximize the potential and really kind of pull your audience in uh there was a a show that had a really great strategy maybe you do six seasons in a movie i don't see why that wouldn't work i mean i i think it it would probably not work in this case being as we already have six movies and you know four of them are good so we're doing six movies in a tv show oh okay we're kind of flipping the flipping the script there a little bit yeah true there you go all right. Uh, and I know you're saying to yourself, well, obviously the original three are one of the four. What's the fourth one, Brian? Which Hobbit movie do you actually enjoy? I'm going to let you think about that, and uh, I'll reveal that next week. You're going to remember that, really? No, it's Desolation of Smog. Oh, okay. That one's the actual good Hobbit one. Okay, the rest of them are garbage. All right. It's not garbage. Like, it is now time for too, my too favorite much. hobby where I go around the internet, I find the weird, I find the obscure, and then I ask this gentleman here for his tech perspective. Brian, as you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a Nintendo purist. I still have a working uh, NES and Nintendo 64 and a GameCube and a, well, I think I still have a Wii floating around. I like it. And I watch it on my big TV. But there's one problem with the N64. It wasn't made for 2019. It wasn't made for HDMI. It wasn't made for high definition. Brian is 420p, maybe for maybe 240i, depending on what if what you're doing. It uh didn't really look doesn't really look good on modern TVs, correct? Yeah, but you know what always will look good? Me kicking your ass at Super Smash Brothers. A rematch is coming, sir. Yeah, okay, buddy. So what if I told sure. you that there was a product called Super 64? And what it did was it makes your N64 look way better on an HD TV. Yeah, but that would sound like something you would want, right, Brian? Like I plug it into my original. Like you plug it into your original N64 and it's now an Mm. HDMI adapter to it. I mean, I, I would be interested, but I would wonder what the catch is. Well, what if I told you that the catch is the cost? How much would you pay for such a, pri- a product, Brian? Realistically, what would you pay for an HDMI capability on an N64? Is it legit just an adapter? It's just an adapter. Literally, you can see it in the show notes if you need to. Just a tiny little thing. I don't want to open the show notes because I'm afraid I'll see a price. But you won't by looking at the picture. I'll tell you that much. Knowing knowing how much these adapters normally go for. Uh-huh. Because we, we both worked in, yes. in this industry yes, for do. a while. Yes. I would say reasonable cost. I would even push it to $50, $60. But I want to say... The actual cost is like over a hundred. So I agree with you. This if this was fifty or sixty dollars, uh, I would own totally one worth it right now. Yeah. I would I would put the little cha-ching sound in this podcast. Me, cheap CJ, would buy yeah. this for fifty. It would totally $60. be worth it if it was fifty, sixty bucks. Well, Brian, it's not that cheap. The Super sixty four retails for one hundred and forty nine dollars <laughs> and ninety nine cents. Now to put that into uh, goddamn perspective, ridiculous. People, to put that into some goddamn perspective. You could buy a gently used Nintendo 64 and two games like Super Mario Bros. and maybe, I don't know, Mario Kart, right? For that exact same cost. 
this is ridiculous. How That's dare ridiculous. you, sir, try to spend a, tell me I had to spend $150 on a chunky red LED little thing that plugs into my Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo now board. I'm going to pull up the picture because you described it as chunky. Oh, that thing is ugly. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty gross. Go check your show notes. And, or, uh, it's yeah. ugly. Where are you plugging it? You plugging it into the it's back, back. Okay. where the uh, where the weird you know uh, where the weird port is. I got, yeah, I got yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. If you didn't think for one you second, you know, you I was know like, where eighty of that dollars is going. What, the light, the little LED light right. in there. That's this exactly is where eighty of that dollar of those that money is going. Someone undercut them immediately on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. If you got, I'll go as high as fifty. That's it. I, I'm I'm too cheap. I was gonna say sixty, but I really, I'm not even I really can't just find it. Like, I mean, sixty bucks is absolutely reasonable for an adapter like that. I mean, there's plenty of adapters that go from component to HDMI, to yep. HDMI yep. and that's and that is the going Dude, rate. For, for I mean, uh, honestly, if you are really into the to the Nintendo uh, the NES, right? You could buy an NES Mini, NES Classic, right, for less than one forty nine. It's a whole console with a whole bunch you of games. Could, yes. You could actually buy an NES Classic and a Super NES Classic for I twenty bucks more. I think bro- <laughs> you and Josh bought uh, a PlayStation Mini and like three hundred games for for that cost. For the same yeah. cost, this is stupid. Yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> for, for that exact same cost, that's actually true. Right? That's insane. I'm sorry. I saw this. I got very excited, and then and then I got just the shit slapped out of me. Then you got angry. It looks like you got angry. Anyway, how dare you, sirs? How dare you, company? All right. Our final topic here comes back to a listener to question that we got last week from Chip, where Chip said, hey, uh, really interested in hearing what your kind of suggestions are for streaming services. There's so much content out there. There's so much. Help me find something good to watch. Chip, I, I, I got to tell you, I scoured all the, the, the internets. Um, I highly recommend uh, the app. Uh, well, RedTube has a lot of really don't, great don't content. Don't do that. No, no, no. And we're going. No. no. No, not that. Not that one. Oh, no, okay. The, the, well, the, the streaming services like Hulu and Netflix. Oh, Amazon, those? HBO. Oh. Yeah, the big four. Man. Yeah. I did the wrong research. Yeah, there's not a whole. You put a whole lot of hope in here, actually, as your only entry. I did. Uh, we need, I thought it was a good pick. No, we need more. I mean, the the acting on, on the, that other is pretty bad. Uh, all right. So uh, let's start off with Hulu. Uh, this is my uh, suggestion for this week. I'm going to start you off with a series that uh, actually Brian's dad, Papa Thornton, recommended to me. And I listen, I am not a James Franco fan. I'm, I'm not. But the work in 112263 is just fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, it is a fan. I, I mean, it handles time travel so well. The story is super engaging. You don't know how it's going to end. Uh, and the ending that you get, I'm pretty satisfied with. Uh, I heard there is a second season coming. I don't know how, but uh, I'm all for it. Please go watch 112263. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty freaking great. Brian? Um, sure. Uh, I'm As far as, you know, something that's available on Hulu, um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about a, a little show that's actually, it's on ABC. It's still running. It's called the Goldbergs. And I actually recommended this show to CJ and CJ also enjoys it. Um, Chip, if you enjoy our show and listening to our stupidity, you'll enjoy the Goldbergs. And the reason I say <laughs> that is there, there's a lot of the things that we talk about and that we love all the like old nostalgia, uh, you know, television shows and toys and transformers and movies and stuff. This show does a lot with that. It takes place over, uh, 
sometime in the 80s, 1980-something is the running joke of this show. Um, and it just follows a family who is growing up in uh, Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, the main uh, character is, you know, the, the young son, Adam, who is just kind of telling his story about his family growing up. And there's a lot of, you know, really your normal sitcom jokes, but it's wrapped in this just kind of heartwarming, nostalgic humor Um if you have any appreciation for, you know, the things of the 80s and uh, just, you know, good sitcoms in general, this is a great one. I love this show. I think CJ loves this show, too. Uh, so. I'm, I'm a JTP member for life. JTP. All right. So the next one that we have is Netflix. And uh, listen, I'm going to I'm going to take a departure here from the, the normal stuff I recommend. You need to stop what you're doing right now and watch Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Uh I'm a big fan of food documentaries. I'm a big fan of of kind of seeing cooking shows. Ugly Delicious takes it to a, a whole nother level and really just connects you to uh, food in, in, in a way that I haven't seen done in, in many other documentaries and other shows like this. It's actually very emotionally moving. Uh, the more you watch it, you, you get really invested into it. Very odd. I had a very strong reaction to the pizza episode, as that sounds like. It sounds crazy. I got very emotional watching the pizza episode of Ugly Delicious. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Uh, highly recommend it. Ugly Delicious on Netflix. Okay. Well, I have not seen that. I will have to watch it. Um, But I will say uh, another thing that if you're not watching it, you should. We mentioned it at the top of the show. You should be watching Queer Eye. Um, Queer Eye is it's a what would you describe it as CG? like a self help show almost? Yeah, I, I would I would kind of put it in the realm of of self help, but uh, I also just think it's a great like a great way to see life through other people's perspective. Yeah, and not just talking it, about the gay perspective. You really kind of see it through all walks of life, through all the people that 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 they help. Like it's just you know these five men who go to people who you know are. I wouldn't say they're like you know losers or anything, but maybe they're they're struggling. They just they're, need some help. They just need someone. They to need push help. Them. Yeah. They, they need like a, a little push in the right direction. And sometimes that's as simple as let's update your wardrobe. Let's make you look the way you should feel, type of thing. Like you know, let's give you that you know new haircut. And sometimes that does a lot. Um, and just watching these people kind of like transform and open up. And like I gotta tell you, like we're watching the fourth season right now. It's. This is the only show I I legit every episode I get I get a little emotional. I think that I, every single episode. I think the thing that really hits with that show too is that it's not about the exterior. It, it's more than a makeover, and that's the tagline yeah. of of this. Of ah, this season. more than a makeover. Yeah, uh, they really kind of kind of so sometimes people do need a new wardrobe a new haircut but also maybe they just need someone to fix their home for them or give something back to their community that they're not able to do but they really want to or just talk or just talk yeah uh i I, seriously i really get it and i understand that we have a lot of different you know uh you know political leanings and i don't think this does anything to really hit you over the head uh so i think no matter where you are it's really great I, i so i know josh is a gigantic fan Josh is actually who turned me on yeah. to this show at first. And then I wasn't even going to watch it. I, it was the one thing I was like, oh, no, you know what, Josh? I don't need to watch that stuff. I'm not into that, that you know, kind of reality-like type of show. And then I started watching it with uh, with my fiance. My and, fiance! Yep, there it is. And, uh, yeah, this legit, like, gets me emotional. Like, every single episode. Like, we'll be watching it, and she'll look at me, and she's like, are you are you getting a little, little, 
like you not. Fine. I'm fine. I'm good. No. I'm, fine. I'm good. Those sisters just finally have a better place for their barbecue work. Oh my gosh, that episode was great. It's a really good episode. Go watch yeah. it. Really good. Let's move on to Amazon. Uh, I'm directing this straight at Brian. Brian, watch Jack Ryan. I don't want to hear any more shit about you not watching this beautiful work that John Krasinski is doing on Amazon. Everybody else is watching. Everybody else is watching, Brian. Chips, watch this. Go watch Jack Ryan. I, I do love me some John Krasinski. I, I, I definitely will have to. Um, but I will also recommend, if you've never seen the show, Chuck. Last time I checked, it was still available to stream on Amazon, but it is one of those NBC shows that could Go disappear leg, at yeah. any moment. So, Like it was when it was on television, it, yes. Don't get me started <laughs> on how much Chuck did. Chip, this show was robbed when it was on television. It was actively that you were trying to cancel it, and it, it went on for five seasons because of how good it is and how extreme the fan base was around it. This show is amazing. It has got everything. It has got action. It has got humor. It's got, you know, the romance and and the emotional beats in it. The show is fantastic. And you're going to say, really, as soon as I tell you what the topic is, but I just need you to go and watch this. This show is fun. It is about a, a man named Chuck Bartowski down on his luck. He dropped out of Stanford. He's now working at an IT desk in a big box retail store called the Nerd Herd. And one day he gets an email from an old college roommate. And it turns out this college roommate uh, and friend is working for the CIA and sends him an encrypted file of all of these this information and government secrets that gets downloaded into his brain and now, every time he sees or hears particular things, it triggers confidential information. And it's all about this just average Joe guy getting thrusted into this spy world. And it is so much fun. And it, it is intense and it is amazing. And it, I just need you to watch it. Every, everyone, I recommended the show. this show to everybody yes. and everybody loves it. On the HBO front, uh, my list was a little shorter, but one thing that I, I really did want to to kind of let people know about, because I think it really flew under the radar if you weren't paying attention back in 2008, is the, uh, the miniseries of John Adams. I love history. Uh, I, I think it's fantastic. I obviously got really sucked into to Hamilton, and I've been reading books about the, the founding of our nation. It's really great. But the story of John Adams, I think, really kind of gets lost. Uh, you know, he's the second president of the United States, but uh, his his story is is remarkable. And it's done with phenomenal acting by Paul Giamatti, who normally is just a bit character actor in most of the stuff that he does. Uh, but he just is a, a, a sensational actor and does such a great job in the show. So find out a little bit more about the, the founding of our own country, but also just see some great performances and some great, real, accurate, gritty history. Watch John Adams on HBO. Listener, my HBO show is uh, it's still on the air. It just wrapped its second season. And I'm recommending it because I recently just discovered it and binged two entire seasons of this show. It's called Barry. It uh, it got <laughs> I think it flew under the radar a little bit because it premiered right after Game of Thrones for the past two years. <laughs> and now that, that people. Right, and they, oh, it's a little, little bit overshadowed. But now that Game of Thrones is over, people are searching for something to kind of fill that hole. This is that show. 
And the fun, the nice thing is it's a, it's half hour. So it's not a huge time suck, but it is funny. It stars Bill Hader as an ex uh, an ex army um hitman. turned hitman. Yeah. And he's clearly not happy with his life but he he does it because he's good at it he there's a lot of extenuating circumstances that has led him down this path and it's one of those shows that like he keeps keeps trying to get out of the life and he keeps somehow finding his way more and more entangled in that life at the same time he has discovered a passion for acting and he's trying to become an actor i love this so much he's attending classes uh, that are are being taught by Henry Winkler, who is amazing in it. Does he play uh, Henry Winkler? I haven't watched. No, the show he yet. doesn't. I just he, I would have loved the meta ness if that was true. No, he he doesn't. He he plays a character. Uh, his last name's Cousineau. I can't remember his first name. Um, but it's it's an it's a fantastic show because it's another one of those shows that's got a lot a lot of things in it. There's a whole very deep and and kind of intense storyline when it comes to his hitman life. But all of the stuff revolving around his acting is is so funny sometimes, and just like he seeing this guy like try and fail so many times at, at doing this thing, it's it's really heartwarming. It's just it's a wonderful show. It's hilarious. Totally watch it. So, listeners, those are our suggestions for this week for the four major streaming services. If you didn't catch all of that, don't worry. Go check out the lovely show notes right there in your podcast app or go to our Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. I will have it posted for you first thing on Monday morning. All right, listener, thank you so much for, for listening this week. Again, you've got homework, like I said at the top of the show. I need you to share this show with a friend. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and make sure that you are subscribed. Because sharing this show is the ultimate internet currency, and we thank you for your donation. Thank you so much for making us your walk around your neighborhood or your drive to work, and we'll see you next week. Well, welcome to the club, because you are that kind of nerd. My favorite thing about that show is every every episode, at some point, going, what the fuck is Jonathan wearing, and how is he pulling it <laughs> off? Because it's great. Because it looks wonderful. He looks fantastic. He was wearing this like sheer lacy top. And my wife goes, he looks so good in that. And I couldn't pull it off. I was I, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, listen, I don't know. I don't know. It is, it is a mystery that can only be uncovered by. Yeah, I want to hear the end of that one. Go ahead. What can it be uncovered by? I don't have it. Yeah, that's, I figured That's you. how much of a mystery it is. No one can uncover it. It's like it's a Rubik's cube trapped in an enigma. It's like why is the the bar called puzzles? Because that's the puzzle. Because that is the puzzle. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's do what we do every week and uh, put the show on the road. Well, now you got me thinking about Queer Eye. Well, we'll talk about that later. I mean, yeah. Go for it. Chicken parm, you taste so good. Like the dry tooth. Well, I said it wouldn't be teethless hard, and then I realized that it should it be, would toothless. be toothless. Yes. Toothless. Uh, slenderer? Slenderer. Sl- more slender. slender. There you go. Uh, all right. Another. Okay. Because oh, I, I just lost the number because the web page crashed. So hold on there. Let me just do a little. Why are you doing your Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges, Bridges sandwich? I'm just like a ham. <laughs>